Liesel, today's episode of the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast is brought to the good people by Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. I love Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. How can you not? They're pretty legit. It's a great business and it's even greater people. So local people running that business, doing great things, and and it's the home for enlightened style shades. Enlightened style shades. I just like saying that. And it does sound it sounds sounds kind of big time. It does. Sounds very big time. And look, they've got they don't just do shades. Like almost all of your interior decorating needs, they're there. They can help you get them. I even have pillows. I have pillows on my couch from Budget Blinds. Hmm. I didn't know you had pillows. Yeah. Throw That's pillows. amazing. I know. And who doesn't love throw pillows? Everybody loves really. throw pillows. And supporting a local business that gives back to the community is always a win. Always a win. So when you're ready to make your home the best home it can be, go visit our friends at Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Tell them Liesl and Nick sent you. Hello and welcome back to the Lee Summit Town Hall Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Parker. And with me again, she's back. It's Liesl Hayes. Hello, Lee Summit. See, I'm perfecting that intro. You're really working on that. I know, I'm really working on it. I still am waiting for you to like go full Robin Williams and give me the Good Morning Vietnam. Oh line, yes, <laughs> I'm saving that for a special occasion. Okay, maybe mm-hmm. maybe like your one year anniversary on the yeah, show. I think that works, but I don't want it to be at a time where it's obvious. I want it to be at a time where you're like, oh, okay, what just happened? <laughs> I feel like that's every time we record. That's fair. <laughs> okay. That's fair. What just happened? <laughs> Hey, uh, I'm excited today. We have a, a new guest on. Uh, we haven't done this in a while where we just kind of get somebody in, uh, from the community and, and get to help them tell their story. They're a local business owner, new to town, Forrest Vance. Welcome. Thank you. Excited to be here. So, Forrest, you have you, you work here out of Bridge Space where, where our vault studio is. So we've kind of got to know each other a little bit in passing and chatted some. You've got kind of a cool story. Uh, and so I just thought it'd be fun to, to, to share that with, with everybody. You are, you are recently moved here in the last year from California with your family, which why would you leave paradise for? I, I look, I love Missouri. I love Lee summit, but we you do. Know. We don't often hear I moved from yeah. California. Like I get a lot of the, I left the crazy East coast to come to the Midwest, but, and I know you are, you are, and we'll get to it. You are Northern California. You're not, mm-hmm. You're not the paradise of Southern California. True, true. Uh, as my friend used to call San Diego when he when he was the sports editor there in San Diego. But uh, what what drew you here? Why leave California? Well, for the Midwest. <laughs> it's funny that you say that. I've been getting a lot of that since we moved. But um, yeah, you know, so 15 years ago, 2005, I actually had a little stint with the Chiefs. Um, and I played, so I was in the off-season training program and uh, training camp, opening day training camp roster, 2005. Ended up meeting my wife here. When ah, I was, there it is. Yep, yes. Yep. <laughs> it always comes down to the girl. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so, so we met while we were both living here at the time. Um, we actually met in Las Vegas. We were both in Vegas. She was there for a, she did pharmaceutical sales at the time. So she was there for a convention. I was there for the, so now I'm, you know, a personal trainer. I do the training, fitness, wellness, all that stuff. So I was there for the NSCA convention. And then we met when we were in Vegas. We were both living out here though, at that time period. So started dating and then, you know, didn't work, things didn't work out with the chiefs. I'm from Northern California originally. So I moved back there. Uh, 
she gets a job offer in Sacramento of all places. So she ended up moving out there and then we lived up there for the last 15 years and then uh, had always thought about moving back. You know, various things are happening with California. It's, it, it's great. It's paradise in some ways. Other ways, not so much. <laughs> well, so, and it's a, it's a giant state. Like, it it's, is. It's not all like the perfect weather we think of with like San Diego. And- I think a lot of people think that. You know, you think, oh, California, everyone's a surfer or right. everybody lives on the beach and it's like 70 degrees all the time. We live in Sacramento area. So, yeah, I mean, in, in the winter it gets rainy and more cold and the summer gets really, really hot. It's like Central Valley. Um but yeah, no. So then we decided, you know, our kids are we have a two, two daughters, six and eight years old. And so we decided, hey, now's the time. We're going to pull the trigger. We're going to make this happen. Move out, move back out. So, so far, so good. So Wiley Summit. Well, my wife is from Blue Springs originally. And then so we decided, you know, so find somewhere in the area, landed here. And uh, it's been a good, you know, we, we looked a little, all, all kind of, we're looking here, we're looking in Overland Park area, we're looking in Blue Springs, but this is where we kind of found a house that we liked and worked out. You know, as, as a as a Blue Springs alum who's found the home in Lee Summit, I, I understand. Oh, are, are, <laughs> you, are you from Blue Springs? I grew, I grew up there, yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah. So I wonder if you like were in high school the same t- general time as my wife. I graduated in 93. Ninety three. Okay, maybe a little bit. A few years before. <laughs> a few years. <laughs> well, yeah. let's go. Let's go back. <laughs> let's go backward a little bit, and let's 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 start with the the fo- the football career because sure. I, I think if I remember right, you played a couple years practice squad in Green Bay and a year here. Mm-hmm. Yes, with, with Kansas City. So how did? Uh, how, were you were you drafted? We've got the draft come up in Kansas City. Did you go through that process? Were you an undrafted free agent? How did that, how did all that play out for you? Yeah, sure, definitely. Um, so I played college football at uh, University of California, Davis, in California, Northern California. And, um, you know, came out of, I went to high, Colfax High School, and, and it's kind of like in the uh, Sierra Nevada. It's really actually very, very beautiful. It's like on the way to Lake Tahoe. It's in the mountains. It's like, you know, a uh, little, little small, small school. Anyways, played at a small school, um, coming out of college, you know, had, ended up going to UC, University of California, Davis, which is like a, Smaller, it's a divi- it's division one, but it's a smaller division one. And, um, and you were an offensive lineman, right? Offensive lineman, you know. So Which, was, for anybody seeing him now on video, he's he doesn't look like an offensive. I know lineman that anymore. that wasn't what I was going to guess. <laughs> yeah, so I was three hundred and ten pounds of my playing weight. So now I'm like two thirty. So I've lost like eighty pounds. Wow! Wow! Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. So anyway, coming come, and same thing coming out of high school, I was like a little undersized. Like I was like you know two hundred and forty pounds, which is like kind of smaller for an offensive lineman going to say a Division one college. So ended up going to UC Davis, um, you know, which was a great fit. I mean, I started I had started forty eight games there. I was all American for three years, and so you know that was a great place to play and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, so then uh, coming out of college, going through the draft process was the question that you asked. Um, so I got right got done with college, got with an agent. I was training for the combine, so didn't get invited to the combine. Um, so you know they invite. I don't know how many people they invite. Somewhere around three hundred, somewhere right. in that range. And then some people that go don't get drafted. Some people that don't go do get drafted too. So I was like right on the cusp. Um, had like the pro days. I actually ran a four eight six forty, which was like a for an offensive lineman. Pretty fast for an offensive lineman. It's one of the faster times. Um, at, at our pro day. And so that kind of got some, turned some heads and stuff. And then thought I might go sixth, seventh round, ended up being undrafted free agent and signed with Green Bay. 
So that was coming out of college. And uh, I was up there for a year. And then that is quite different than California. That was probably a little bit of a shock. <laughs> yes, yes. <definitely. laughs> yeah, for sure. Definitely. Definitely kind of a shock. And the thing about Green Bay is it's such a small town. Right. You know, uh, you know, going from it has a pro sports team. And I want to say there's like maybe 150,000, 200,000 people that live there. And so it's pretty it's pretty interesting to have actual pro sports in that small of a town. Like you go walk around town, go to the mall. I mean, it's like no avoiding anybody. <laughs> the, the fact that you play for the Packers kind of, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's, it's so pretty cool. What do what do people do? Like players, like do they just hang out in that town? Do they are, do they go to a do they drive to get out? Uh, well, there's not that many. You can't drive. I mean, it's like you know a couple. Uh, I'm sorry. Do they get on their snowmobile? <laughs> <laughs> their snowmobile. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's it, some of the like some of the players will live there year round. A lot of them probably live somewhere else and then they'll come and play there and then they'll go to their house wherever they are. Uh, you know, like Favre was there. He, I think he's in Mississippi. He'd go back right. to his you know, place and then come back, go back and forth. Um, I guess he's kind of a big deal. Yeah. We'll do it. We'll do a Patreon show. You can tell us some Favre stories. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, for those for, the, for those for those who want to pay extra, you get the. You all know that I don't know a lot about football, but I do know who Brett Favre is. So, yeah, he was a jokester. Like I remember the first day um, we get there, you know. So you have the draft. You know, if you're undrafted free agent, depending, but you know they'll also sign several right after the draft. Like literally, you're trying to see if you get drafted. Seventh round goes, and then you know, like 30 minutes later, they're calling you up. Ended up signing with the Green Bay. They're like, okay. You're going so yeah. There's like a mini camp typically, right after the draft. So you go up to Green Bay, which was which was you know I, like again I played at UC Davis, which is kind of a smaller school. So it was quite the quite the jump going there, and then all of a sudden you're showing up at the Green Bay facility. Or just right. And know, how long is mini camp? That first mini camp is just three days. Okay, got it. So it's three days. You go up there for three days, and uh, you know it's like helmets only, no pads or anything. And, uh, but I remember the first thing, so you're doing the physical, right? First thing you get there, Favre was just like sitting there joking around, messing around, like, you know, just this far away. Right. I was like, so, so starstruck, you know what I mean? Because I just was like, I had I followed him as growing up, you know, watching football. Like, right. So oh, it was like just, you're meeting a legend. Yeah. Yeah. And just like totally casual, you know, uh, but that team has a lot of history too. Right. You know? Yeah. So. It was cool. It was very cool. Great, great experience. Anyway, so I went up to Green Bay, you know, you're going to do mini camp. You're up there for what are called OTAs, like organized team activities. At this time, anyway, it's changed a little bit since then. But you're up there for, that would probably be like April, May, June, practicing, lifting, training with the team, all that kind of stuff. And then you go back. So then I was in training camp in Green Bay, ended up hurting my knee. Bad timing. In training camp. And then, um, so got, it, 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 I got had to have two knee surgeries that fall. So you get, I got waived injured was the term. And so, uh, you know, went back to California, was working out, got workouts, tryouts with a few other teams. And then that next spring, uh, came up to Kansas city, had a tryout here. They're like, Oh, we like you. We're going to sign you. So boom, came back up to Kansas city. There's a story. That's how I ended up. Wow. (laughs) What was, I, I kind of want to go back to the, the, around the draft again. Did, did you, did you have a little family watch party? What was that like watching, And kind of, you know, I mean, like you said, you knew you were kind of on the cusp. Yeah. I mean, is that still just nerve wracking to sit there with your friends and family? And like, were you watching it? Yeah. Oh, oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Waiting for that phone to call. (laughs) Yeah, most definitely. Because you want to see what's going to happen. And, um, 
You also don't know where you're going to go, which is kind of weird. You know, if you think about it, you have like no idea where in the country you're going to end up and you have to like literally leave the next week and go. And, and probably- do you have preferences? Well, I mean, I would say like one positive about being like, if you're going to go say get drafted in the seventh round, a lot of times the odds of making the team seventh round pick or undrafted free agent aren't that different, you know? Right. So, um, you know, if you're a first round draft pick, you're, you're banking the team probably. I mean, they had a lot invested in you for sure, but even, but you know, fifth, sixth, seventh round, sometimes those guys don't make the team occasionally. And so the good thing about if you're like what you call, I think my agent was trying to be like, Oh, you're a, priority undrafted free agent, whatever that means. But I did get to have a couple of different teams to pick from. So that was cool, you know, and then you have the option. Yeah. You can kind of look and say, where do you think you might have the best option, you know, place to make the team who's, you know, what, what does the, the roster depth look like that kind of stuff? I mean, you never really know, but yeah. So what's, what's that day? Like, are you, are you just sitting there waiting or are you getting calls from your agent or from GMs kind of during, oh, the, during the day? And For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like your agent for sure is going back and forth trying to update you. Usually, you know, like, so my agent, he had, you know, I don't know, four or five other guys that were also, you know, going right. to get drafted or whatever else at that same time. Um, and so he's probably going back and forth with everybody and getting everybody updated. And can I tell you, because, you know, like when we were training, he sent several of us over to this facility where we just stayed there for six weeks full time. You just train, work out all day. They feed you, give you a massage, give you physical therapy. So I got to know some of these guys. Right. We were all, we were all trained there together. So like he's updating you on, uh, you know, what, what team they went to. Actually one of his other players got drafted by the chiefs also. So that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Oh, no, you go ahead. Oh, I, I would say that's just got to be both a nerve-wracking and super exciting, like, just time. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Because it's you, you've worked so hard for it, you're excited, then there's the anticipation and, like, all of Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy, like, how, um, you know, how much pressure that you have, like, on all those pro days and all the performing. Because you played football, you know, all through college, played games. That's obviously its own thing. But it's like kind of different because you're doing all these like all this like testing. Like it's really, I don't know how to put this, but you get to realize you are just like they're just looking at you like, hey, this is the, all these numbers. You're like the statistics that are behind what you're doing, and I don't know how else to explain it. But yeah, you have to like just you know, it's like oh, go. They're taking a picture of you to see your exact build. They're looking at all of your stats of all the exact performance. So you're you're just like a, you know. You're just like kind of in this machine and you're like, what's, how's this guy stack up on the scouting report? That's your, that's your 100% of your worth at this time. And, and you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. 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 And there's nothing you can really do to change. I mean, right. Cause at that point you're just subject to their, whatever their opinion Pretty is. Pretty much. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. And they, they put so much value like on all the combine testing. And sometimes you think. I, you know, you like it's obviously valuable, but it's also like you you would think that how well you play in the games over the last five years would probably be the most valuable thing, you know, and how you're going to play when you get there. But there's yeah, it's a lot of pressure trying to like do all these drills that you've. That you, so you know, you look at like say the forty yard dash, vertical jump, bench press two twenty five as many times as you can. You just like go for six or eight weeks or whatever and practice these drills like a thousand, ten thousand times. 
Right. To try to get as good as you can at like the shuttle drill of like running back and forth between three cones. And then um, you never do it again. <laughs> it's like flashback to PE class for me, yeah, which much. might be the last time did, I actually did they, did, did they that. do the parachute drill? You know, where they, everybody has the parachute. Yes, you throw up in the air I'm sure they up. did. It's part of the training. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> so what would you say the top two things? the most important things that you learned in your experience um, in the NFL draft or just actually being in the NFL? Oh boy. That, that's a good question. Top two things that I learned just like as it kind of applies to my life in yeah, general. Yeah. Um, well, maybe I guess the NFL, that was kind of like the, the culmination of all the training that I had done leading up to that. And so, I mean, just learning discipline and learning, uh, being able to weather the storm and the ups and downs, be able to handle and perform under pressure. Like so many things I think that have like transferred over to life and uh, you know, what I'm doing now being an entrepreneur, being able to be like mentally resilient, all that kind of stuff. That's number one for sure. Um, maybe that was, was that maybe that was two or three things wrapped into one. <laughs> I'll leave it with that. I like your answer. <laughs> okay. So when did, uh, I, I guess when and how did it kind of click that, okay, the football part's winding down. What am I doing next? Like when did, was that a long process or was there kind of a moment of, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my other thing now. Well, you know, so like, so I'm coming out of college, had all this momentum built up, went to Green Bay, got into training camp. Thought I was going to have a decent chance to make the final roster, at least, you know, because I was thinking of the, of the guys that were there at the time and then looking at the backups and who they had. And then I kind of hurt my knee really at a bad time, obviously. You know, you're trying to – so, again, if you were, like, say, a veteran player or if you're a first-round draft pick or something, they can put you on IR. Right. Or they can do a thing where they, it's called being waived injured where they'll say, well, we think you're – we think your injury would take this long for you to heal, so we're going to take care of that, get surgery and everything, pay you for the time that you would be injured, and then we waive you. So that's what ended up happening. Um, so it was like that was kind of like that momentum got kind of killed, you know. Then I had another knee surgery a few few weeks later, so I went back. I was training, and then, like I said, had tryouts. You know, I went to the Seahawks, went up there, showed me around the facility, did all the stuff, got to the physical, failed the physical. They're like, your knee's not ready to go. Sorry, see you later. So wow. came back, had, you know, uh, another, you know, some other possible tryouts of some other teams. Thought I was going to go play in NFL Europe, which is which was a thing at the time. But the knee was kind of an issue. But then, yeah, so then by the time I had done all that, come out to Kansas City, been in Kansas City, then didn't make the final roster in Kansas City. And so I was kind of like, well, at that point, I was could have kept trying to keep doing the thing. Um Got an offer from an arena team to come out. You guys know arena football? Yeah. I don't know if that mm -hmm. exists anymore yeah. either. I don't know if there are arena know. teams left. I think that league's done. Yeah, I think I think it is done. But it was like, you know, like smaller field. Right, They would right. play it inside. There, there was one in San Jose. They would play at the San Jose Sharks uh, Stadium. Would we have the – was it the – you're looking the at bombers? the wrong person. It was the, it was the stealth bomber was the logo. Oh, was that yeah, 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 yeah. City had Brigade a team? or so? Yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty. I went to a couple games. It was pretty fun. Yeah, it was actually. actually kind of fun to watch. It was super yeah. fast paced. Really fast paced. I think there was it was like seven on seven or something. Yeah, it like was that. Like, it was like watching seven on seven drills. Yeah, yeah. So I had a chance to do that, but I was I was, you know, your body takes a lot of abuse. You can you can imagine body oh. brain everything. Absolutely, I'm sure. So you know, playing in the NFL is one thing. 
playing like arena football. And I was like, I don't know if I really want to go, you know, do that. So that's, that's kind of where it went. And I was like, you know, had, had, um, other stuff that I wanted to do in life. And I was like, I'm just gonna, at some point you have to decide, do you want to keep trying to play, go play in Canada, go play arena football right. level two, like all the, you know, all these different options. But at some point you got to say, decide what you want to do, you know? And at that point, I'm assuming at that point in your relationship too, you're, you're including her in that conversation yeah, and, that's what's, true. and what's best for the both of you. Yeah, for sure. Most definitely. Most definitely. Those darn spouses, they get enslaved so I know, much. I know, <laughs> gosh. Did you did you know that the fitness world was was your next thing? Uh you. So it's interesting because um, I would like from as I talk about in my because you don't think about offensive book. linemen as being the fitness gurus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always really liked the, the fitness side. I like I always loved lifting weights. I mean, I remember when I was like seven or something, a family friend got me this set of weights and I loved, you know, lifting them and doing bicep curls with them or whatever I could figure out at the time. And then when I was like 12 or 13, I remember like doing push-ups, and I could like feel my chest getting pumped up. I was like, this is the coolest thing. I go out to the beach because my family lived in Southern California to so go in there and visit them. So um, yeah. And then, you know, in high school loved lifting. I did my senior project on, you know, putting together a workout plan and gaining, gaining muscle. Anyway, it, like I always really loved the training as much, or if not more than the, uh, than, than playing, to be honest. Oh, you know? wow. I really liked the, tra- I really liked training. I liked lifting weights. I liked the fitness part. So I had a feeling I would want to do that. I never, I always thought like when I was in college, I was like, I'm not sure if I could really be like a personal trainer as like an actual career. Like so I never thought I <laughs> wasn't sure I could have like, a way to, um, you know, figure out a way to make it work. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I did, I didn't think I would go that direction. And then, so what ended up happening is I ended up getting a job at a gym, like 24 hour fitness when that was, I think it still exists. Not, not in this area or anything anymore. But, a, I think it's a different name now. Did they get I think so. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, so I did that for a while and then started the business that I have now in 2009. And you currently now, I think I think you said this earlier, but you currently now you still have a a gym and facility in California. Yeah, as, that's right. As well as your business here in in Lee Summit. That's right. Yeah. In two thousand nine was when you actually opened the gym in California. Is that correct? That's right. Okay. You got it. Yep. Yeah. Two thousand nine was the gym in California, and uh, well, actually, originally I started. Uh, doing like back back in those days the really popular thing was people were doing these like boot camps outside and california the weather's a little bit better so i started doing these boot camps in the park and it like took off i had like tons of people i mean it was great looking back it was actually pretty good like we our expenses were like really low and we, <laughs> right because you didn't have the overhead of the there's building no, right there's yeah. no facility it was great i mean i, I will, won't go over the numbers and stuff but it was pretty good like <laughs> But anyways, you know, there's some challenges of having, we wanted to have an actual building and facility. So we did that for like a year and a half or something. And then, yeah, started our original facility out there in 2010, I want to say. So 2009, 2010, had that for two or three years. And then we moved to a bigger gym. And then we ended up having opened another location before the pandemic. And then the pandemic, you know, everything shut down. It was like craziness. California, everything was closed. I mean, we were closed on and off for like a year. So then we kind of consolidated down. So now we have, but we still have the, we have the one gym out there. And then we moved out here 
uh, I was going to just run that gym and then, you know, I have this, this here at bridge space a lot. I do a lot of online stuff too. So I do like uh, training plans, courses. It's all around like kettlebell training is kind of like my specialty. And, um, but I really like being in there, training people, doing the thing. So we started the place out here. Couldn't help so myself. So you missed kind of that interaction part <laughs> yeah, of it. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. So why, why kettlebells? Why is that your? Sp- I mean, I don't. I don't, like. I'm not in the fitness world at all. Obviously, um, <laughs> but, but I mean, I, I I just I don't understand why why that grabs somebody is I. Well, okay. So when so when I was playing football, I played offensive line. Right, 310 pounds of my playing weight. Like I, like I was saying earlier, now I'm 230 range, and um, so basically decided I was going to retire. Wasn't going to play football anymore. So I was like, okay, well, pretty soon kind of stop working out. You know, you're working out hours a day a lot of times. And I was always so eating like maximum. Like I would like stuff myself constantly to right. stay 310 pounds, you know. But I had all these like habits that I had built over this long period of time. So now all of a sudden I'm like over 300 pounds and not in a great shape, 300 pounds. <laughs> so so it's like I need to, you know, long term is going to be unhealthy. I need to lose weight. So um had to totally change the training style, had to change the approach to eating, had to go from, you know, training, like lifting really heavy and eating as much as possible to more like functional type of training. That's, and that's around the time I kind of got into the kettlebell training. So, you know, um, so the idea is like, instead of like being in big and jacked as possible, you're going to, it's like more functional. You're going to be able to like to get cardio strength training, everything kind of all at once. Um, and that's how I got into the kettlebells, lost the 80 pounds and that was, like I said, 15, well, almost 20 years ago. I mean, and you are so into kettlebell training that you actually wrote a book about it. That's yes. true. That's yes. true. That's tell, true. Us, <laughs> tell us a little bit more. Tell us a little bit more about your book. Well, the book is called The Core Kettlebell Challenge, and it's a 40-day program to help you lose fat, improve performance, and change your life. And uh, you have that down. <laughs> somebody, <laughs> what is on the cover of the know, book? Somebody like, knows his marketing stuff. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's actually good. You're supposed to know those that's things. True. Yes, that's true. Yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think it's really supposed to be sort of the book and sort of the niche that now I really work with is like people that are 40 and up that maybe, you know, maybe they played sports in the past. Maybe they're just getting into, into training. They want, they like a workout where it's going to be like, you know, not, not just like a easy workout. They want something that's challenging, but they also want something that's going to be like, not necessarily focused on getting you huge and jacked and ripped, but it's like functional. You can do the stuff that you want to do in life. You can, you know, feel good, be mobile, go out for a hike when you want to, that kind of stuff. And that's, I think the kettlebells are like the perfect thing. Plus you can do them at home. You know, a lot of people do home workouts, get in their garage to get a few kettlebells 30 minutes a day, three times a week. That's all you need. Well, and that, uh, that's where I, I've been curious a little bit because you have told me and you just said on here a little bit ago that you do a lot of a lot of your clients are virtual. Yeah. And yeah so they are. They're at, they're at home doing this. I don't know that I would have that kind of uh, uh, focus, willpower. No, I'm with you. So I would like to to go to my garage and do the stuff that I'm paying you to tell me to do. Sure, I got you. Do you feel like that picked up during the pandemic, like that online experience, or has it always been that way for you? Well, well, during the pandemic, uh, we had to go like 100 online for a period. 
Um, but I feel like that was like forced, like every single thing was online. And uh, I thought, gosh, maybe we'll never have a gym again. Maybe everybody will just work out at home. But the interesting thing was that I think with fitness, it's actually resurged. You know, there's certain things that like have it. Like my accountant, for example, he says everybody just does a Zoom call now. Nobody necessarily, he used to have people come in, you know, he, tax time would come. He'd be stacked with appointments all day long for th- two or three months in a row. He said, everybody does Zoom now. But with the interesting thing with fitness is like, I think I have a mix. So we definitely have people that work out at home. But now but at this point, those are all the same people that worked out at home before the pandemic. Mm. Whereas, whereas um, you know, definitely there are people that want to come back and work out at a facility you know, have accountability of a trainer, have a space to do it, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Is that, is that, do you think more kind of a social aspect to it or is it, is it more that you can actually help more just by being there one-on-one? Well, that's probably both, you know, it depends what, like some people need that accountability of like having an appointment where they got to like show up a couple times a week, which is, which is helpful. Right. right which right. you don't really get as much if you're like working out at home in your garage. Um, you get to know other people that are working out there, right? That's a big part of it. Get to know your friends, your trainer, but also other, your old, you know, we do like small groups. So you're getting to know other people in the groups. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, you're, I think the thing too nowadays, like with technology and everything, you get so distracted. Like you're trying to work out in your garage, phone goes off, get sidetracked. Pretty sure you're like answering an email for 10 minutes and then your workout got killed, you know? Yeah, the, the same thing that happened to a lot of people where all of a sudden they were working from home where right. all of a sudden I got to go do a little laundry or yeah. I get, you know, right? Like all those distractions that we didn't think about until we started working at home. Definitely. What? what? Oh, nothing. What? I was what? just looking at you. We had a weird moment there. <laughs> I know. This I was is like, why we edit. I thought, I actually did think like that you had the next question, which was why I was like. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is why we edit. This is why we had it. This is why we had it. Well, okay, so tell us about your, your place here in in Lee Summit. Where's your gym located? It's uh, 300 Northwest Victoria Drive, kind of behind St. Luke's off of Douglas Boulevard. Good. So if you had a client like me, as soon as I hurt myself, I wouldn't be far. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, we take it. We try not to make that, let that happen. Like, like I'm not saying it'd be your fault. I, I own it would be my own. It would 100% be your fault, yeah. right, Nick? Yes. Yeah, well, yeah. So it's a small private personal training studio. Um, we were doing this 28-day drop-a-size challenge, which is like, taken off. We've had, like, 20 people sign up in the last probably month and a half, which is awesome. So uh, get ready for the spring, you know? And, uh, or actually, we're in the spring, so get ready for the summer. Probably be more, more like it. And... Uh, I think, it, it, you know, people like the idea. 28 days, you do the workouts, you do the nutrition, you kind of do everything to help you drop a size in 28 days. You do a lot of the challenge things, kind of the short sessions of, do people, does that work better for people rather than somebody going, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life? I mean, does it is it better to kind of go in incremental? I think that it motivates people to start, you know? So if I just say, hey, would you like to come exercise? <laughs> You're like, no. <"Nah." laughs> what, what are you, crazy? Thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, a lot of it is like we got to motivate people to come, check it out, get going, get working towards the goal. And so if I'm like, hey, 
we have a program that's going to help you drop a clothes size in a month. People are like, oh, well, that sounds something like I can sign up for, you know? Like, I can do that. Well, yeah, I mean, you don't really want, like, some people like me are kind of strange, like to exercise, but I would say I understand most people don't really necessarily love it, but they will see it as a means to an end. They know that they maybe they'll learn to love it after we do it for a while. Well, and I would think that, like, you know, dropping a clothing size seems achievable. Whereas if you tell me, yes, come out, come out and do this because we're going to change your habits of the last thirty years. I'm like, yeah. no, no. You're like those are ingrained. But I mean, what I do, I've, love- I've worked hard to achieve these. <laughs> you have, you have. But I do love the small spurts because I do think it makes things like you said feel more manageable for people. I believe um, I could do that small change yes, for a month. Yeah, absolutely. Even a cynic like you could probably buy into that, don't you think? No, well, I mean, let's. <laughs> Let's not go too far. Not too far. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the drop a size, like you said, it's like realistic. You're like, that would make a difference. I could feel the difference. If I lose a clothes size, that makes a big difference, right? You feel different. You look different. But it's also possible to do it a month. It's not like I'm saying lose 50 pounds in a month, you know? Right. So, okay. Well, I, let, me, let me ask this. If, if Nick, you're going to drop a size, mm-hmm. you know, a, a waist size, right? Yeah. What does that actually mean? Is that... Does that mean, hey, Nick, you're going to lose 20 pounds, 10 pounds? I mean, I don't know. What, or does it? Is there no way to actually calculate, to like give that ballpark? Yeah, I mean, you know, results vary but, right. you know, based on the person, but that, that's the theme. I mean, probably I, the average person, maybe 8 or 10 pounds, I would say. How hard is that kind of a change for somebody who comes in and says, I mean, look, I've been eating and drinking the way I do for <laughs> a long, long time. I mean, you know, how hard is it for somebody to come in? And, and 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 I know you probably like that challenge, though, of convincing somebody. But, I mean, how hard of a change is that for someone to come in? You know, I think it's like people at different stages are going to face different challenges. Okay? So someone that is just getting back into extra, you know, working out regularly, um, eating a little bit more healthy, their challenges are probably going to be the habit stuff, right? So it's going to be like changing your habits of – well, if you're going to eat a little bit healthier, you're going to have to probably plan a little bit more on your meals. You might have to prepare them a little bit more. You might have to think about it. Like a lot of people put like no effort into it really at all, except for what you want to eat that would taste good. You know what I'm saying? Or you try, a lot of people try, most people try kind of to eat healthy a little bit, but you're not like planning your meals out ahead of time, you know, that kind of stuff. So there's that stuff Or it's like, if you're going to work out regularly, you got to take the time to do that, you know? So like, like people don't. As you get into it, you get into this 28 challenge, you're like, oh, I got to work out. I'm going to come see Forrest, say, twice a week, which is pretty. So you're only in the studio twice a week, which I think for a lot of people is realistic. Yeah, that's very realistic. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think about people who say they go every day, and I don't I don't know where they plug that into their calendars. I mean, yeah, eventually, like you could. But if you're going from not working out to working out every day, that's a lot, right? Like, right, yeah. Like, like zero to six times a week. It's like that's you're, that's a lot of... Now you got to rearrange your schedule, get up earlier, or not go to your kid's softball practice, or whatever, you know? So, oh, wait, we get to ignore our children. (laughs) (laughs) Nick, Nick, now you want to sign up? Nick finally found the selling point. I'm just just kidding. Charlie, I love my family. Yes, Charlie, if you're listening out there, your dad really loves you. We know this. It's true. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, you have to change your habits. That's basically. So I think that's the person that is 
coming in, getting into it is changing certain habits. If someone's already training and they're already eating right to getting them to drop a size, it's it probably equally challenging, but then you're like refining things a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm like, maybe this type, you need to change the way that you are working out. Maybe it's someone that's just like doing cardio only. I got to get them to do strength training. You Is know? that the thing you like as a coach, figuring that out and working with them? I like it all. I mean, it's all, I, it's all, yeah, I, I like it though. I do like it. I, that's probably, I like getting people, motivating people to come in and start when they haven't been doing any training. I like, you know, helping people that are maybe working out occasionally and kind of eating healthy and then them get, getting them dialing in even more and getting them in really, you know, top shape. Um, but yeah, I mean, my demographic is like regular, you know, adults, <laughs> <laughs> like, like I'm yes. not training, you know, bodybuilders for a competition. Right. I'm not training high school kids to play, you know, do any of that stuff. That's just like 40 and up people, professionals is kind of our demographic. Did you, was that purposeful or is that just kind of where you ended up as the business grew? I think, yeah, that's a, I don't, it's like a, a couple, like combination maybe, you know, like I kind of just put myself out there, you know, and then and to start off with and then, uh, that's who like ended up wanting to come in and train with me. So that's just, uh, how, how it worked out. You know? And is that demographic, is that similar in California? Like, do you see a difference between here and California? I, that's a, that's a good question. I think people are like, I think people everywhere, both places will are into fitness, want to work out. People in California probably are a little bit more for lack of a better way to put it. They're like more concerned with their appearance. You yeah, know. no, absolutely. I think people in California are a little more health conscious too, probably, yeah. you know? Yep. Well, I think here, if they're like me, we just gave up. <laughs> Nick, you know what? I feel like we're going to get you to do this. Like, I just yes. want to see it happen. I really, really do. Like, this is, then you're going to have to answer this very important question. Okay. Which one of your meal plans includes lots of tacos? <laughs> It's not about eliminating things. Now, lots no, no. is all, uh, uh, depends on I what you mean by eliminate, lots. <laughs> there's no such thing as eliminating tacos. I don't want to live in that world. You know, <laughs> you don't have to eliminate tacos. You just have to find different things to fill the tacos with, go. maybe. Like, you can expand your horizons there. Mm -hmm. How's that sound? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know that I've ever had a problem with the amount of things that can go in the taco. <laughs> I just mean maybe the quality of the items. You know what I mean? Like, oh, no, no, you, no, no, oh, okay. Don't be disparaging my okay, taco I'm joints. I'm not going to disparage your don't tacos. Don't disparage my taco joints in this town. Uh, El Mercadito, I'm, I'm coming for you. Uh, did, so I, did you, as we kind of wrap, wrap things up here, um, did you did you know that you were going to translate your kind of athletic skills and stuff into into coaching? Did you know you kind of had that coaching thing inside you? Because look, not every great athlete is a good coach. Yeah, that that is a fair point. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I I really always was liked the training aspect. I liked the lifting weights. I always loved like the old school physical culture kind of movement. You know, like I would be into all reading all the old bodybuilding magazines and even throwback stuff before that. And, um, I don't know, like I said, I, I liked the idea of being a personal trainer or, or something like that. Then, so when I, when I didn't really talk, talk about this as part of the story either, but so I, I went to university of California, Davis got my undergrad degree there when I, after, when I started working as a trainer and then, um, uh, 
this is like, you know, like I said, 2007, eight, I went back and got my master's degree in human movement, which was, which was pretty cool. Great experience and everything. But then you see the different kind of things that you can do with that. And there are some people that are even like researching some people that were doing different stuff. And I thought, Oh, at that point I was like, I, I like, I started training a couple clients and probably one of those things in life, you know, you just like do things. And then if people, if it catches on if people like it, if, if you get people results and they like working with you, I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to keep doing it. I think if there's anybody who can understand the accidental business, mm, it's, it's the two of us. <laughs> well, actually, it's probably me. Yeah, it's the two of it's, it's the two both of, of us. It's, it's yeah, the two of us. Well, okay. So, so here's my my last, and this is a big tough question here. Okay. So you said you have two young kids, six and eight, I think. Yes. Will it be Coach Forrest? Uh, do you see yourself coaching? I'm sure that I will. They're, they're in a need for coaches in all these kids' <laughs> leagues. true. <laughs> so I'm sure this is, they just started softball here. And so we just, just started this new business. I'm like, okay, I'm going I'm, to, they're, they're like, we need coaches. We need people to volunteer and come out here. But I'm like, I'm just going to just try to hold off for this first season. But I'm sure in the near future, it is going to happen almost without question. <laughs> Do you, can't do, avoid you it. do you have a favorite sport for them that you, you kind of hoping they lean in or, you, or, or, or are they leaning toward one? Is it softball? Is it, I know they're young. I mean, they're going to try everything. They're, yeah, totally. They're still trying everything. I think, uh, our little one especially loves softball. Like she will go out and practice every, every night in the yard, you know, she's six. So she's doing T-ball, but she's like all about already it. loving it. Yeah, wow. she is. Yeah, totally. So, and then. You know, our older ones tried a few different sports. She's also like really creative, likes to draw, loves music and stuff. So, you know what? You the, never, you never know. You never know. And I, it's like you, uh, me, my, me and my wife are both trying to be like, are trying to as much as we can be like, hey, we're, they're their own people. We're gonna let them try everything, but encourage them to do what they're good at, what they like. Which is, which is a great thing. And the kids, yes. kids will shock you. My <laughs> wife and I love sports. Our son, yeah, I'd rather go read a book. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. Yep. Uh, he just mm-hmm. didn't really, didn't really take to it. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, know. we tried lots of things for Maddie. We tried lots of athletic endeavors, but she and she, you know, she loves debate. She loves forensics. Like she's that's her thing. And then you know, we have the soccer player. So we're sorry. About it. I mean, no, soccer's fine. Soccer's fine. I <laughs> love soccer. You better be careful. Uh, I'm always careful. Forrest, here we go. If people want to find Forest Vance Training, how can they do it? How can they follow you? How can they find you? Yes. You can visit my website at forestvancetraining.com. And then our kettle, if you want to really go like into the kettlebell stuff, kettlebellbasics.net. Nice. And can you purchase that book there? Yeah, you can. Absolutely. And and social media, uh, Facebook, Kettlebell Basics on, on on Facebook is probably our biggest social media. And then just me, Forest Vance on Instagram. And you are you are a frequent poster on the Instagram. I, I followed you, and I see. You oh, stuff. great! So there Try. it goes. Every once in a while, I look at it, I'm like, oh, that looks like a good idea. You should probably, you know, you could do fitness. Nick, we are gonna get you. And then, and then you know gonna... what I do? I think about tacos. <laughs> you do, but I will tell you this: we are gonna go to a program. You're gonna go to one. We're gonna make it happen. Look, go. I'm talking with yes. my hands. Uh, I forgot. Uh, yeah. do that. You let me know when you're ready. Yeah. I know. I think it's <laughs> well, in. I think it's in the cards. We'll believe that when we see it. Six thirty a.m. next week. Yeah. Hey, look. For those that remember, I did go through a little, I went through a big weight loss uh, in 2019 before the pandemic started. And then I was like, you know what? The, the dark days are here. I'm just going back to normal. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Ryan. Don't be mad at me. Don't be mad at me. Forrest, thanks so much for, for sitting in with us. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And remember, guys, Forrest Vance Training, Kettle, Kettlebell Basics. I, that was a hard one to get out. Kettlebell Basics. Mm-hmm. That'll wrap us up for this week. We'll talk to everybody next time. Thank you.